Hello and welcome to the Close-Up Podcast. My name is Sigal Yehuda. I'm the founder and executive director of Close-Up, an independent international NGO based in Brussels, Belgium, supporting documentary filmmakers from Southwest Asia and North Africa. Together with my founding partners, Ahmed Boyajolo, John Apple, Vincent Melili, and Bruni Burris, we created for the past 15 years an inspiring community of filmmakers, artists, and activists from different ethnic, religion, and cultural background. A community of filmmakers who are courageously and with a very critical eye, creating extraordinary documentary films that were screened all over the world and won highly acclaimed international awards. I believe that, like me, many of us in this region grew up dealing with controversy around their national identity and questions of what defines us. As an Iranian Jew who grew up in Israel, I lived in a country that failed to represent me nor my parents who immigrated from Iran in the 50s. They kept living as Iranians in a foreign country. Like my parents, I didn't feel I belong. For the past 15 years, I finally found myself in the right place, not a physical space, but rather a community of inspiring people whom I felt at home with, people I'm connected with culturally, philosophically, and historically. Finally, home is not a land. It is a space of a shared vision where we celebrate our connection to our ancient cultural history and heritage with full passion, enthusiasm, and pride. Our first podcast, which was produced by one of our founding partners, Bruni Burris, demonstrates beautifully everything I just said. A celebration of creativity, a conversation between two bright artists, Jude Shehab and Ruzger Bushki, who are taking us into a reflective and philosophical dialogue to the most intimate exploration of their inner world and the challenges of being artists these days. Join us in a journey of exploration to the richness, beauty, and complexities of our cultural and historical identity. We invite you to reflect and discover, to question and perhaps imagine a new space where there is an equal place for all of us from different backgrounds. Join us to create a space where this is not a utopia, this is our reality. Welcome to Close Up. I'm your host, Füzgar Bushki. I'm an artist and filmmaker from Istanbul, Turkey, based in Berlin, Germany. I was one of the directors elected to join the Close Up documentary program of uh, 2020-2021. And so here we are. This is our first podcast. And I'm very lucky to have Jude Cehap as my first guest here. Wow, the pressure is on. (laughs) The first podcast, first episode, everything, first guest. Um, no, thank you for having me. So Jude is a multi-award winning director of photography based between New York and Beirut. Jude is currently producing her first feature documentary titled Q. And uh, Q, with Q, she was supported by the International Documentary Association, Sundance, to name a few. I just want to say I was, um, I feel very lucky just uh, to be in the same, uh, that we were in the same group in um, Close Up to see your development, to see, you know, how you engage with your work. And um, so you're not just like a director, you're like a cinematographer, you're a photographer. How, like, how did you first encounter a camera? Oh, wow. 
Um, first of all, I appreciate all of the love. <laughs> I feel so overwhelmed. Um, I, wow, first time encountering a camera. My dad used to film a lot of home videos and he probably a big hobby of his was photography. So I was always around a camera from a young age. And when I was 10, I was in a student film and I acted in it and I was really young. And I think that was the first time I was introduced to film. And it was a Muslim story in the US. And I think I was really excited. Yeah, I was like, I was the lead in this in this film. I'd never seen a young hijabi on TV. And so it was really exciting. When I was around 15 or so, I think film was always in the back of my mind. But, you know, of course, growing up in an Arab like space, the push is always to like be a doctor or <laughs> my family wasn't that way. Like my immediate, I mean, my parents really um, encouraged me to go into film and my dad bought me my first camera. Uh, my mom was telling me there's so many doctors, but we don't have anyone in, in media. And this is like the most important role. And I think that that really came from seeing that in the region, we don't value art and culture. I mean, if you think about it, like the only export really the U.S. has is culture. And that shows you just how powerful culture is. So just just to understand, as you said, like um, you played in this film and you were the lead and you have never seen like a hijabi like woman being a lead. Is this is this like a fuel? Like is this like really like a motivation? Uh, in your work to change like representations how how do you like uh, relate with this like in your own work um yeah getting back to it so my mom had told me growing up you know Jude you're an Arab you're a woman you're a Muslim you have all these things kind of against you you have a lot to be angry about so do something about it and so I put all the energy that I had into film yeah I just started making documentaries in Lebanon when I was like 16 um they're like, I don't, they don't think they're good when I look at them now, but I was trying, you know, I was seeing the stories that were around me and what I wanted to share. Um, yeah, did I answer that? Yes. Uh, tell our viewers uh, about Qubit and then we can talk uh, about like uh, your process and the development. Yeah. Um, so Q is about uh, three generations of women in my family, my grandmother, my mother and I and our relationship to a Muslim woman's cult called the Qubaysiyat. The film is really about this love story that someone could have with their spiritual teacher and what does that mean? And the depth of that love that transcends all other love because this person tells you I'm taking you to God. You will leave your family for those people. And my mom got tangled up in that for 40 plus years. And so um, she says she's she's left the group now, but with, with the film, we challenge is she actually out of the group? If she's physically removed, is she emotionally still attached to them? It's a push and pull. Am I with them? Am I not? It's soul snatching. It's the removal of the soul. And that's it. And if you don't have no soul, who are you? For me, it's very, uh, what I really like about Q is for me, really you using film as a tool to have this like a process uh, with your mom. And I really wonder how this, uh, the film process affected your uh, relationship like your personal relationship with your mom it's very difficult <laughs> and i don't even think i've fully processed all of it at the end of the day um i thought i didn't want to make the film a therapy and i think that everyone was like a lot of the feedback i would get is you know make sure it's not therapy between you and your family because like who really cares about that you know but there's so many moments in the film where my mom says the only reason that she's speaking is because the camera's there 
And if it wasn't for this camera, we wouldn't open up any of this. And so that is really just like the magic of cinema and why we're doing this. Like, it's so beautiful. It's something that would have gone with her to the grave if it wasn't that we're doing all of this now. Um, our relationship, it has definitely brought us closer, but I think I'm more aware of all the things that used to bother me because they're still there, you know, and, and it's a very complicated relationship. Like I think life is and most relationships are. So it's very real in that aspect, but it's hard. Like I, when I watch footage and I see, you know, how I feel like she's being two-faced or I feel like she's manipulating herself into something that the group wants. Um, and then I go back and I talk to her and that's my mother. And I'm like, I see, I see a flaw and I, and I feel like I am the mother and she's all of a sudden, um, the daughter sounds very complicated Jude. <laughs> yes and um i mean i've said bef before you film yourself and i'm really amazed by your um, cinematography where you take like where you take your inspiration from or like how do you practice like this because you have a uni really unique style wow i don't want to sound like cocky like i get it all from myself <laughs> No, I think, um, I mean, I love Iranian filmmaker. I love Abbas Kiyosami. You know, I love meditative scenes and, and taking your time and kind of like, like for me, all of cinema at least is, feels like a prayer. Like it feels like it, my act of worship or it feels like my way of finding God. And so. I, I really like you say it's like a act of uh, worship. It's really like a becoming or like creation it's it's really like living it's being alive i remember this moment in the workshop when you literally said i attended so many workshops we never spoke about cinema like i really wonder how was it for you um, in a close-up uh, because you've been to several programs and because i i really witnessed how like from the first day, you know, how you developed what you think that Q is about, like what the film should be. So how was it for you uh, in comparison also with like other uh, workshops you attended? Close up out of all of the fellowships that I've been in, and I'm not just hyping it up because we're on the call. <laughs> we're on their podcast in their platform. I mean, truly like no one was like, okay, what is the actual film you're making? How can we help? What are your next steps? The minute we had our first call, went right into it. There was no small talk, there was nothing. She was like, all right, tell me what the film's about, let's go. You know, send me all your footage. What can I help to do next? Um, and really was talking about why we're actually in this for the sake of cinema. It's very hard, like anyways, to be a filmmaker is a very lonely, lonely business. <laughs> It's, it has good sides also. <laughs> <laughs> to be in a workshop where everybody is almost like from the region uh, to share this space and I mean, we all need support because Close Up is um, for filmmakers uh, from the Middle East and North Africa. Maybe let's have this moment of to discuss about the term Middle East before maybe we talk a bit more about uh, close-up. Jude, tell me very honestly what you think about the term Middle East, please. That's funny, because I was having conversation with a friend recently, and he's not from the region. 
Um, and he was saying something and then he said, he said the Middle East and then he was like, oh, sorry, I know we're not supposed to use that anymore. And it was such a surreal moment for me um, because it was like, you know, how cancel culture works and like, oh, sorry, I'm not up to speed. You know, that's another word we're not allowed to use. And it's like, you have like a dictionary full of, sorry, that word's gone now. We don't use it. And it just felt really surreal because it was like, I think I had a moment of, obviously don't like the term I know where it comes from and um it's that talk and action thing again call it the Middle East call it Western Asia call it whatever as long as we're still in the shit that we're in like I you changing the terminology is not it's not doing anything and I know that like this is just my jaded answer like this is just me being fed up with everything of like oh yeah I'm gonna start calling it you know Western Asia you're not actually dealing with the problems that we really do have and what actually um is left over by colonialism and what when we're still colonized all of that so let's cut this word out and cut that word out it's like no let's actually cut the problem out let's actually take action as long as we're being like killed on one side what's the point of changing a couple words here and there and making me feel respected when I'm in the west you know you don't re- actually respect me sorry I'm like venting <laughs> no no all all fine we are we like emotions we like feelings uh, we like uh, things you know drama is good and i agree with you but i also have to say uh, for me it was i know like two years ago where i first uh, heard the word like southwest asia and i was like where is this which region is this Etra Özvan, who is a great film creator, she was like, ah, you know, it's like the Middle East. And it's really because I just say, t- say it to underline how uh, important language is and how it shapes us also. And it was really the first moment. I mean, Middle East is Middle East because it takes, you know, the United States of America as the center. So it's the middle of the East. I agree totally with what you say, but also like it it changed nothing in my mind. I personally don't believe in like big revolutions, but I believe in small revolutions. But in terms of when you say, you know, you have to, you know, stop the problem. Like, uh, so how how to do it? Because I like language is like a very big part of it. And um, so I think we should change. We should not say Middle East. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think I think truly it's just like me being so jaded and, you know, but um, on a larger scale, I think it also feels like when, yeah, when you do say um, I'm from Southwest Asia, that it does feel like you're taking that back. I don't know. It's all complicated, right? Like I was born in the U.S. Like I, how do I deal with that? I'm here right now. You know, how do I, it's, it's, always a dilemma it's I wish my Arabic was better than my English then I would only speak Arabic I have broken Arabic you know what I mean like I when I was growing up I used to say I wish my English was the one that was broken um so it's always been very difficult and it's always been knowing like where your place is in the world or just coming to terms with like all these things that you feel but you're also part of it but um because I mean coming from the region we we share something I mean, even if you like from Lebanon, I'm from Turkey, you know, we have uh, some sort of like a cultural feeling, maybe. I mean, it's total different places, but in a way, maybe we share the experience of being like the the other being like the Muslim or but we, we share something and it's 
it's a um, it's a winning point. Do you think um, this feeling of otherness? Because it's I think I think it's a gift. Um, I have one dear friend, and uh, we have moments where we are like, oh, imagine we were like straight and we would get married and have children, and we're like so thankful. This is not the uh, case. You know, the otherness, I think it's like a great gift because like it makes you much smarter, it makes you much creative, it makes you much stronger. But it's it's a it's also a luggage you carry with. It's like it's a burden. But that's if you are comparing it to if you if that's your framework, if all you do is compare to um the West, because you don't have to be the other, you know, like that's something I've recently learned where it was like, wait, I don't always have to um, be between these two worlds and feel this in that way. Like I can feel rooted and confident in who I am and what I come from and tradition and history and all of that. And I think that one of the biggest issues that we have is our disconnect from the past and from history. And we don't know how to move forward because of that. I mean, I grew up with my dad always saying, well, I don't care if there was like a golden age for Arabs or for Muslims. Like I look at us now, like we're in like the lowest of the low and it's like now is what matters. And it's like, it's honestly more nuanced than that. There's so much more complexities. Like we're dealing with um, post-colonialism. Like we, everything's been taken from us, you know, but also not trying to play the victim, which I think is really also messing us up. And that's why we see our films that um, they don't, they're not reality for what we feel. And the majority of filmmakers themselves don't live in that reality. Like all these refugee films, all the films that we just spoke about, um, the poverty, the war, like these are, this is not everyone's reality. We're not seeing this all the time, but we just tap into that because we believe that that's what's needed. I'm very gl- glad you say this because I think, uh, and because it's it's very like, uh, it's very tricky because I think it really depends on who creates these representations how how do you like uh, relate with this like in your own work so maybe when i started um it's like been a very short start but i think that like as we grow the stories that we tell grow as well like it's only normal you know something that i wanted to say a couple years ago isn't what i want to talk about now going into it was very much like we're misunderstood there's misconceptions about islam about women in the middle east and what an arab woman look like and what does life look like realizing now that doing that work is only really doing like the West's work. It's like educating people, right? It's like telling people like, no, you don't know the right image. Let me show you that image. And just feeling like that's not the task that I have to take on. That is not my responsibility. Of course, at the end of it all, that's what ends up happening. If I'm making this film called Q about my family, um, about the woman in my family, you know, it is changing what people think of when they think about a Muslim woman in hijab. Am I doing it because of that reason? No, Um, I am just showing my family something very natural for any filmmaker. I just think that we've been so boxed up by, oh, well, this film is an identity film and and you need to understand that this is my identity. And it's like what we've, the worst thing that we've committed as filmmakers from this region is making these identity films. Yes. Because we've gotten so tangled up and what is our identity? What does it mean to other people? And how do we explain to other people? Like our films are so surface level and and they do not go into any nuance or any, um, or the depth that we as people have. Like we're 
magnificent, colorful, nuanced people. And yet this is not what we see because we're so caught up in, oh, I'm, I'm a hijabi, I can skateboard too. And it's like, what does that, like, what, how does that further the conversation? Um, when you say Muslim representation, it makes me think of like, for whom you think is this like a Muslim representation for? And Muslim is also a very big world. Uh, it's very diverse societies. I really understand this challenge, wanting uh, to break all these like uh, stereotypes, but at the same time, just wanting to, to do the film you want to do. There is also like a lot of um, pressure in the industry because if you don't uh, tick some boxes on what you know, the gatekeepers want to see, uh, there is no way you will pass also these gates. Yeah. But there is also just um, now um, people trying to be diverse. So they need Muslim representation. They need uh, a director with a hijab, maybe. Like, what, what do you think about this? I think um, all this conversation that we have around these words that now are just thrown out everywhere representation, um, decolonizing documentary, um, inclusivity. I mean, all of these spaces that everyone's seeming like they're trying to create just feels like endless talk without any purpose. And I think that it's what they want from us at the end of the day. It's very specific. It's like, I will give you this diversity grant. Here's the money, but make the film that I want to see. Just think about all the documentaries that come out of our region. I mean, it's war, poverty. They're very depressing films. The films that were always the victim, it really comes down to is we as filmmakers from the region, we're starting to lack confidence. Like we're falling into all of this. They don't trust us. And so we don't trust ourselves. I mean, I got this, I get this all the time with Q. It's explain this, explain that. Um, set this world up for us. What's the entry point for the West? And I'm just like, the heart. The heart is the entry point for the West. We all have a heart. We all can feel controlled by something, taken over by something. Why do you limit human beings? But explain hijab to me. Explain Islam 101 or else viewers aren't going to understand your film. Film and in cinema and why I hope we're doing this is so that when someone comes in, those spaces that we've that we've left for the audience, they can fill them in slowly surely in the ways that they want and it's a beautiful experience between the two of us it's not about what i'm trying to tell you when you spoke now you said a lot of times they i think referring to i don't know what so i wanted to ask you who who are who is the day and um how do you navigate this <laughs> uh, amazing <laughs> who do you think that they are i think there are many days <laughs> i don't know if it's um possible to put it like in all all at once uh, for example what you say I mean my my films are mainly described as queer films uh, just because I'm queer and my protagonists are queer and people want to say it as like queers in Muslim world you know this is this is another uh, title I get um, but this I mean I think the day is the center. Uh, but um, it's it's tricky to navigate. I mean, to for me to look for uh, resources, to look um, for access, to look for support, 
but um, not to fall into all these like things uh, you were saying. But uh, this is not my uh, podcast episode, baby. So <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, I think a lot of what you said. It's been very challenging, to be honest, to answer your second question. Like it's it's been very challenging, and I don't think I have like a perfect answer until the film's out and I'm I've gone through it because I'm right in the middle of it right now. So it's at times hard to be able to tell, you know, how much it's influencing the film. Um, but I'm I'm a first time feature filmmaker. I I'm young. Um, I'm in their eyes very vulnerable. <laughs> To You're anything. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So it's been difficult because, like you said, I mean that's where my funding is coming from, and I also think, let's be honest here, you know, the the subject matter of the film works in my favor. I mean, you just tell someone it's a Muslim woman's cult. Oh my God, we love cult films, or what they expect out of a cult film is all of that messiness and and you know, let it all out on the table and tell us everything and how does it function, and so. It's almost about, you know, oh, I don't want that one to say this. <laughs> we'll just cut this out. But it's like, it's about, you know, um, working the subject matter of the film into a way that um, it'll work in these big players' hands. And then, you know, the film, obviously, all of that stuff is very subtle and it's not what they had expected. And it's like, mm, it's like playing the system, you know, it's, it really is. That's what it feels like. I don't think we have to cut that out, but um, so if you think I try to sell my film as like a Muslim queer cult, I have better chances. Oh no, don't do that. No, you think- I will say that that is probably what they want to film a fund right now. Like that's definitely, they would love that. Oh my God, I'm coming from the region. I'm telling you these stories of of a persecuted people and and they're from the region and they're so exotic and like, oh my God, I just want to throw up. It's so disgusting. It's just so funny how they just claim that they want our stories. And it's like, check yourself. You don't want our stories mm-hmm. because our stories are way too much for you to handle because they do not fit what you think of us. Um, I'm very gl- glad you say this because I think uh, this, this, um, the uh, unapologetic wait, this, I always struggle to say this word. unapologetic unapologetic uh, see you're lucky I was born in America <laughs> yes. so these editors put here like a Google's, uh, Google saying unapologetic I'll say it for you say, you speak and then I'll say it uh, this unapologetic uh, attitude of uh, you know people who are in their 20s of just like owning themselves I'm amazed by it I don't know how I missed this with like you know five years <laughs> like it's uh, <laughs> you're you're right and theoretically uh, I agree but uh, practically like from the feeling I struggle with it uh, because I think you're always reminded you're very right to say, you know, like, uh, don't don't compare. But um, I mean, I live as an immigrant in Germany, and I know I'm every day reminded, you know, I don't belong. It's a struggle, yes. And I think, like what you just said, I mean, you going out into the world every day feeling like you don't belong. I mean, who wants to live like that? Like, do you want to live at war with yourself every single day of your life? Like, I can't do that anymore. 
yeah, I think that's something that close up was so sensitive and wise and special in doing. I mean, I remember the first call when uh, Hassan from Iraq came on and he has his translator and it was like so special. I remember tearing up. Like I'd never spoken to an Iraqi filmmaker. Like there's, we just don't come in contact. When are we going to come in contact? And I teared up because he was saying how this is like the first biggest opportunity he's gone for his film. He's so excited to learn from all of it. And it was like so special and tender and what an opportunity. Like what the space that they're making is like actual space. is actual something that, you know, some people will never have the chance to experience. Um, and I think it just made me feel so proud and where I'm from and, and how we all have something, something in common. Yeah. Uh, one idea I had uh, for this uh, podcast was um, to ask uh, people about their like um, inspirations. And I've been having like a uh, face with uh, poems and I was um, asking Jude if she has poem to share, to read here. So you chose very to the point one. Yeah. Go for it. I don't even know if it is a poem or just a quote, but it kind of sounds like a poem. So this is by Al-Ghazali. He's an 11th century thinker and one of the greatest Persian um, philosophers, a true polymath. He said, forget what you've heard and grasp what you see. At sunrise, what use is Saturn to thee? And I chose it because um, I think we're so caught up in what's around us at all times. And what he was saying from the passage was saying to forget the books, you know, forget traditional religion that's been giving to you over time. When something is right in front of you, that experience is that thing. Forget all the rules that you've learned. It's right there. Just, just grab it. Amazing. I think that's a nice end point. I agree. Jude, thank you very much for doing the first close-up episode with me. I'm so glad we did this together. I mean, we we shared a lot about like our experience, like being uh, filmmakers uh, from the region, hopes, dreams, struggles, and I really hope it just it it resonates with uh, other filmmakers. So thank you very much for doing this. Thank you. That's it. Bye. <laughs>